Hey everyone, I'm Jesse Sparks, host of the new podcast, The One Recipe, from the team behind The Splendid Table. This pod is all about that one recipe that you lean on. The one you share with friends, the one you make when you need a little love, and the one you know will work every single time. Every week, I talk with chefs and gifted cooks from all over the world about their one and the story behind it. We're here to help you build your kitchen library one dish at a time. Follow The One Recipe wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, listeners. Before we get into today's episode, we wanted to give a trigger warning. In this episode, we discuss suicide and suicidal ideation and realize that might be tough for some of our listeners. If you or someone you know is experiencing suicidal thoughts or a crisis, please call or text the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline by dialing or texting 988. The Suicide and Crisis Lifeline offers 24-7 call, text, and chat access to trained crisis counselors who can help people experiencing suicidal thoughts, mental health crises, or any other kind of emotional distress. People can also dial 988 if they're worried about a loved one who might need crisis support. Remember that this can be a tough time, and we are all in this together. Also, if you still want to listen to the episode but don't want to hear all the sad bits, just skip forward to the antidote or our interview. The world is a dumpster fire. I'm Amy. And I'm Grace. And we want to fucking help. We're comedy writers in Los Angeles, so we're taking those bad news lemons and making them into lemonade. We talk about cultural moments we love. Talk to people we adore. Crushes we have. And self-care we stand. During these trying times, we all need a show that focuses on joy. This is The Antidote. Woot, woot, woot. Hi, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another week of the show. Oh my gosh, is this our last show of the year? I think so. Yo, that's wild. Um, getting ready to be all holidayed out. Like, I'm going to visit my parents and then be going on a tropical vacation. I'm, mm. I can't even wait. I'm like, why am I not already there? <laughs> I know. Get me to a beach. 2022, this year was a decade and I'm ready to yeah. put it away. Throw it in the bin. Yeah. I need a New Year stat. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. There's just been so much happening this year, like career wise, stock market prices wise. Oh, child. Like, I'm just thinking of like Netflix and like everyone talking about we're in a recession, but we're not in a recession. Is it a recession? Nobody says it was a recession. I'm like, we're in a fucking recession. Inflation is good. Inflation is bad. Like, <laughs> yes. I'm just like, the world is nuts. The prices are high, and I don't want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> on this side of the year anymore. <laughs> Can somebody, Rich, just figure out a different planet so for those of us who are fucking cool to go to? Because everybody who's not fucking cool is ruining Earth for everyone. Well, that's the problem. Most of the rich people who could do this are not cool themselves. Like, Elon Musk could have been focused on space. But no, yeah. he's got to go buy Twitter. Oprah, what about you, Oprah? Over too busy supporting people she cares about, like Ava DuVernay and Harry and Meghan Markle. <laughs> I know. I'm just, I'm just done. I don't want to do it anymore. I know. But uh, speaking of, like, did you see the Meghan and Harry documentary? So I haven't watched it in full yet, but I have been watching all of the clips that they've been posting mm. and like the trailer and stuff. And you know, my favorite part was when Meghan got a text from Beyonce. <laughs> I literally was like, what a stan. It's so funny to watch like a full ass princess be like, oh my God, 
Beyonce just texted me and said that I was chosen to break generational curses. And I'm like, of course our queen texts like that. Of course, <laughs> of course she does. She can't just be of like, hey girl, how you does. doing? She's got to be like, you, <laughs> my fellow Oshun, <laughs> Oshun dusted princess. <laughs> <laughs> She and Solange just held each other and sent that text together. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) It makes me so, so happy to see someone at her level be just as silly as me at a Beyonce moment. Listen, I was I'm team Marco. That even I was yeah. never not. You know what I'm saying? Even yeah. when they were dragging her, I was just like, I don't believe none of the shit that y'all saying. All the stuff in the news was like stereotypes of black women. Like that mm-hmm. they couldn't even be creative enough to come up with like some new lies or whatever. It's just like <laughs> she's just like she's difficult. She's angry. Like literally yeah. all the stereotypes of black women. That's how y'all told on yourself that the shit wasn't true. Yes. Number 1. And number 2, I will say I got up and I watched that wedding with um Harry and Meghan mm-hmm. and I had a bad feeling that day. I was just like she's not going to like this shit. I was like she's American. She's free. Like she's not going to want to be in this freaking glass bowl and mm-hmm. you know and obviously if you look back to all the clips of Harry when he was younger he didn't want to be there either so he Come didn't so she didn't influence him at all yeah he know what they did to his mama and i mean I, I feel like even in observing how they treat them it's just like oh these are all lessons like no matter what your level and oprah has talked about this too we all know the story when oprah went to paris and she got kicked out of a luxury store we just know like no matter your level when racism rears its ugly head it going to hit you and i'm glad that mm-hmm. they got out of that um system and are building a new life and yeah so later mm-hmm. in this episode we'll talk about some of the most important lessons we've learned this year so we can turn a new leaf and get into 2023 energy That should be very, very fun. So in order to get to the antidote, we have to get to the other side of some bummer news. Yeah. So starting now up top with our bummer news of the week. First up, this has been circulating all over. People know this, but dancer Stephen Twitch Boss was found dead at age 40 on Wednesday, Mm -hmm. December 13th. Cause of death um, was suicide. Um, So Boss was a contestant on So You Think You Can Dance, which is an amazing dance show that I was fully addicted to uh, when I first moved to LA. I used to have So You Think You Can Dance watch parties at my house. (laughs) Oh my Um, God. And he like started on that show and then ended up coming back as an all-star year after year. He also Mm. married Allison Holker, who was one of the contestants his year on the show, which is like a beautiful dance love story. Um, And they have three children. And his last post on Instagram was him and his wife dancing in front of a Christmas tree. Uh And so lots of celebrities have offered their condolences from Jada Pinkett Smith, Viola Davis, Olivia Munn, Tamar Braxton. Like some of the things that I've noticed is like, I didn't know how many people actually, I thought I was just like this dance freak who was obsessed with them. And then seeing all of the people in the outpouring. I was Mm. like, oh, fuck. Like, he really did touch a lot of lives. And it's a bummer that someone who shares so much love to the world was in such a dark place. Um, And it's honestly very, very sad to think of his family. And so the thing I wanted to mention was like, a lot of people have been dissecting the phrase, check on your people in light of this, because there are a lot of posts like, check on your sad friends, check on your strong friends, check on your funny friends and all these things. And and then people are dissecting it saying like, checking is not enough work to deter someone from committing suicide. And I think it's a valid discussion. And yet I think it's also checking, which is a simplified word for being there. It's kind of all you can do. 
And it's also really important to make sure that you can be there for the people that you really care about in your life. Not for everybody. Like we can't show up for every single person we love at every time, but be there, be observant, recognize the signs, communicate and listen. Mm -hmm. And when things like this crop up for you or your friends, seek help. As we said at the top of the episode, please dial 988, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, at even the moment you think you need support. Like maybe right now, like maybe pause and call right now. We'll be here when you come back. I mean, whenever you hear about something like this, it's so sad. And I feel so much empathy for his friends and his family. It just goes to show that from the outside looking in, like Instagram is not real. No, you're right. You see his life and you're like, oh, he's married. He's got like three beautiful kids. He's well known. You know, I'm sure he was well compensated for what he did. Mm -hmm. And there was still so much going on behind the scenes. Like there's been several people that are well-known that have died by suicide. Yes. All of us are just looking like, what? They had everything, you know, just co-sign you. Like checking on people because, you know, a lot of times we ask, how are you? And we're expecting fine. Mm -hmm. And most people will give you fine Mm -hmm. because that is our cultural contract almost with each other. It's like, oh, okay. And when I ask you how you are, I'm expecting you to say fine. Yeah. (laughs) But if it's like your real ass friend or someone really in your family, you should just be like, how are you really? Just take it that extra word and step. And sometimes that just gives people permission to open up to you. Yeah. And um, that's not our only bit of bummer news this week. Also, Megan the Stallion has testified Mm. that the alleged Tory Lane shooting caused her emotional anguish. She's been kind of dragged through the court system at this point, like having to retell the story several times. Um, She also reveals that Lane's attempted to bribe her, offering her $1 million in exchange for her silence as he was already on probation and didn't want to go to jail, which by the way, Lane's $1 million. (laughs) Don't you know our queen got money, money? But anyway, Mm -hmm. Megan says that the aftermath of the shooting has led her to, quote, lose my confidence, lose my friends, lose myself. I can't even be happy. I can't hold conversations with people for a long time. I don't feel like I want to be on this earth. I wish he would have just shot and killed me if I knew I would have Mm. to go through this torture, end quote. And this goes right back to what we were saying. Like, it's literally so aggravating to see people over here surprised that people want to hurt themselves. And then like one post later being like, Meg is a liar and da, da, da. Like, why are you dragging people for sharing their emotions? And then you act surprised when they hurt themselves. Um, It goes back to us talking about Meghan Markle and everything that she has been through and the disrespect that people have for Black women. Yeah, I mean... I was just horrified Yeah, to read some of these comments. And here's the thing. Y'all, I am tired of this shit. Most of y'all are getting a snippet from the shade room, a snippet from that. Like, unless you were there, A, and you Mm. weren't. Unless you have looked at all the evidence, you've talked to all the witnesses, are you in the courtroom? Why are you, like, having all these armchair theories? Everybody want to be a detective. Everybody want to be a lawyer. Everyone want to say, well, this and this and that. I was like, you weren't there. Why do you think by reading blogs (laughs) or reading Twitter, you fucking know what was going on? Guess what the fact is? Megan had bullets in her feet. Somebody put them there. She didn't put him there herself. Like, what is all this stuff about? She lied about sleeping about with this person. Like, what does that have to do with the man actually took out a gun and shot her? Please help me to understand. Because guess what? Our strong friend, Meg, (laughs) 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Saying, check on me. Yeah, she's literally saying in a courtroom, check on me. <laughs> like, I'm not okay. And then y'all, whenever it's a dispute with a Black woman, then you got to try to be on the other side because you hate Black women. And honestly, it means that you hate yourself. Yes. Black women hold all of y'all up. That part. Um, yeah, so our heart goes out to Twitch's family and also to Megan the Stallion. You know, I'm just trying to send out good vibes into the atmosphere and hope that they reach reach them. But anyway, yeah. how do you feel after talking about all this, Grace? Yeah, it's this has been a rough week. This has yeah, been a rough week. It don't yeah. feel great. Yeah. For sure. I agree. Okay. Let's get into the antidote. So this is a segment where we tell you about the culture we consumed and things we did this week that made us feel better about the bummer news. What was your antidote this week, Grace? Well, um, around Black Friday, I don't know. I was like looking to give myself a little treat. Mm. So I was just like, okay, I want to get something because there's so many great sales. So I got this beauty advent calendar from uh, Neiman Marcus that had all these different fragrances and lotions and skincare and like body serums. And so it's just been really fun and cute to try all these like new different products and fragrances and stuff like that. And I was just like, oh, I think this might be something that I integrate into my life every year, like pick a different advent calendar Mm -hmm. and do one. Well, my friend told me about an advent calendar that they recently bought that was wine. And I was like, that's awesome. It was a half bottle of wine every day and different oh like red, whites, and rosés. And then the last day is champagne. And I know what I'm like, getting my friend next year. I was like, that is really, <laughs> thank you. I was like, that is really fucking cool. And it, the fact that it's a half bottle is like less pressure than a full bottle. And you're like, oh my God, I got to drink all this wine. It's like, oh, a half <laughs> bottle is two glasses. You know, I can have that in a night, you know? Um, so it's kind of new twist on the advent calendar. I, I like all the different iterations. So what was your antidote this week, Amy? Well, in true Amy and Grace fashion, our antidotes are my connected. Mine was window shopping at the mall with some old friends. One of my best friends in the world lives in Singapore. His family's in California, so he comes out every now and then. And Mm -hmm. he came out and we all planned to have brunch together. And so we had brunch and we were right across from an outdoor mall. And after brunch, we were like, you know, we're all full, happy. It's like, should we go strolling through the mall? And it was like, yeah, let's do it. And it felt like high school. (laughs) Where it's like a group of like five youths just going through this mall. (laughs) But it was a high-end mall. We walked into a store. We're like, ooh, it was like a bookstore. It's like, this book is $195. It was like, what's (laughs) happening? It was so funny because we're like walking and we like walked into an Aesop and like smelling everything in the store and then like being like, we're buying nothing. And so, (laughs) but then the whole time we're walking, we're like catching up, you know, and talking. So it was like actually really good quality time that like the brunch was quality time, but it was almost better being at the mall and like one of us would go to try something on and we'd just all sit in the little waiting area and just like chat, waiting for them to come out in this shirt that they didn't want to buy. You know, and it's just like, Aww. what is happening? But then we did something crazy. This is a very gracism because I don't usually spend like this, but we did all go into a <laughs> candle store and this woman was like, we have candles on sale in the back. And we we're like, okay, these candles were on sale from $190 to $90. I was like, why is a candle $90? It was a group of five of us, but um, three of us were like, let's get it. 
So we all got the candle. And so we haven't done it yet, but I know I'm going to like light it and like be like, okay, guys, let's all light our expensive ass candle. I will admit I got home and I was like, I should return this. I was like, why did I buy this expensive ass candle? But does it smell really good though? It does. It's You deserve a $90 candle. I can't remember the name. It's something souk, like souk, like marketplace. It's like night souk is the name of it. Mm -hmm. So it smells like a Moroccan, like very mm. Moroccan scents and and it was really cool and very like earthy and like sensual smelling, which typically I go for like a brighter like herbal smells and this, mm-hmm. um, it, but I like this, like it's like a good evening, like let me light the fire and light this candle. So yeah, eventually you... I'll, I'll send a photo of it burning to to my my friends and be like, I did it. <laughs> I committed. That's so I cute. Did candle. it have like a... <laughs> Did it have like a wooden wick? Like what? What kind of like what? I, I have no clue why it was so expensive. And literally, the woman <laughs> saying that it, it was on sale, we were like, "Ooh, sale in this expensive store!" And then we were like, "We got got." <laughs> we were like, "This is what we were expecting from a sale." <laughs> this is a forty-five dollar candle, <laughs> exactly. But we were like, "Yeah, we're gonna get it anyway." So it was just like a sweet little bonding moment. And when you have something that connects you to a friend, like every time I light this candle, I'm gonna think of that day, um, and that makes me really happy. If you guys tried any of our antidotes at home, share them with us using the hashtag That's My Antidote or leave us a voicemail at 833-684-3683. We'll be back after the break. Welcome to Storytime. This is this segment of the show where we're going to ask each other a question we've never spoken about before. And who knows where this conversation will go. Amy, are you ready? Yeah, girl, let's do it. What is the most important lesson you've learned this year? And how will you take that lesson with you into the new year? Oh, wow. Um, Big question, but pretty easy for me to answer. But my answer is trust your gut. There have been so many times this year where I had a gut instinct and I talked myself out of it. And then my gut was right, you know? And I'm like... I, I I believe in New Year's resolutions. I do that um, every year. I kind of have just sort of like a thing. I keep them on my wall. Um, I can't read them from where I'm sitting or else I'd tell you my 2022 one. Um, but I remember in 2020, I believe, um, my resolution was don't pick the hard way, mm-hmm. which was really interesting because then the world shut down. I was like, Ease is the name of the game. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, we all talked about way. ease. I remember we talked about ease. yeah, and I was yeah. so it was so crazy that that was my resolution. So that that's the most important lesson I've learned is like, and as my therapist, I like I have a therapist. I've had a career coach this year, and like every single person who and a manager, like everyone mm-hmm. in my life who's supposed to give me advice is like, Amy, you have good instincts, you just don't always follow them, and I'm just like damn, read me then. So I'm like, oh, next time I have an instinct on something and I, and it, and it, not that initial, like sometimes you have a hesitation, but that boom, instinct, trust your fucking gut. If you have a good gut, trust it. If your time has proven your gut is wrong, maybe don't, but I'm like, time has proven my gut is correct. So if you have a gut instinct, fucking trust it. And that's what I'm taking into the new year. And I'm just going to try and lean in that direction. Um, and it's going to be hard because I'm not good at it, but that's how I feel. Yeah. I, I wish it was something I could help you with because sometimes, you know, when you have a friend that has like a resolution, I was like, oh, I can support you in that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, it, but it's sort of like, it is something that is really just, you have to do. Cause I don't know whether your chest it's is internal. Got, yeah, yeah. Or not. It's fully internal. But yeah, I mean, you do have good instincts and 
you know, I also don't want you to like beat up on yourself too much. You you do live a, a pretty wonderful, dazzling life. You are incredibly talented and you're you have an amazing career and a great company and writing program. So yeah, I mean, maybe the things here and there you maybe should have trusted your gut before, but I'm sure a lot of people would love to have your life of not trusting your gut. So I just want you to lighten up a little bit on you because um, I think it's it's natural to have a fight between your head and your heart or your mm-hmm. head and your gut. Uh, and yeah. um, especially as creative people, because we do trust our gut so much, like when it comes to our actual work, that sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, girl, let's let come down out the clouds, like be realistic. <laughs> uh, so there's, you know, there's, there's a negotiation that we all have, but yeah, I mean, definitely. I think that that's a great lesson to take to yourself uh, in 2023, but I also think that you're doing good. You're doing great. Ugh, I'm trying, but anyway, <laughs> now Grace, your turn. What is the most important lesson you've learned this year and how will you take that lesson with you into the new year? I think the most important, I mean, I've had the busiest year of my life. Like there's just, I I, like there's four projects that were very, very active this year, including this lovely podcast that I get to do with my friends. And so there's just been a lot, a lot of work. And I have realized I've also always been a person. I am not like you, Amy, that can juggle a lot of things. But I have juggled more than I've ever juggled this year. And it showed me that I can do that if Mm. I want to. So for next year, what I'm taking in is priorities. Let's let's make a list of prioritization. Because I feel like this year I did a lot of things because I could do a lot of things. And I was sort of testing the bounds of how productive I could be. Like, you know, mm. you are a girl that wakes up before work and does work before work. <laughs> I am not that girl. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I am a person that is genuinely pretty easy on myself. But by necessity this year, I was like recording sessions of Jody before I went to the right, writer's room right, and then on work. lunch taking meetings Oof. for this or then after I had a full day in the writer's room, then coming to record a guest. And that's just how this year has been. And it's been wonderful in many ways, but Mm -hmm. also it's just not how I am and like how I like to operate. I'm an introvert and I need downtime. I need time in the morning to just like fuck around on the internet, like relax. I need time to like go to do my sauna and I need time to do my Peloton. I need time to just read a dumb romance novel, which is one of the many (laughs) pleasures of my life. So I haven't had a lot of time to do that. And I think that I have suffered a bit from it. And just what this year has taught me, you know, from doing our live shows and watching my my beautiful friend, Michelle Buteau, like have her own show is that Mm -hmm. I miss performance. And I admit there's so there's things that because I'm doing all these things, I'm neglecting certain parts of myself. So as I'm getting older and, you know, we all have less time to do the things that fill us up. I think this year is going to be about like what really, really means something to you Uh, and what Trust me, everything I did this year meant a lot to me. Oh, of course. Of course. I was in there. Yeah. But I think for 2023, 
I just really have to like lighten up on some things and I'm going to have to make some hard decisions about where I put my energy. So I think that both of us are super looking forward to going to Jamaica with our friends at the end of the year. And I think, you know, I'm going to plan something for all of us so we can sort of honor ourselves in the next year. Uh, Because I think that that is so, so important to being in in our lives fully. Uh, And I, you know, I also had to make hard decisions this year, like, you know, not to freeze my eggs and, you know, all this stuff. Like this life, these big life things. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like this year has been coming out of the worst of the pandemic and the world opening back up. I think that's part of what's made this year so exhausting is yeah. like we packed in all of this self-care during those two years of the pandemic yeah. and the world opened back up and it's like, oops, where does that self-care go now? Yeah. And it's like, uh, and I'm like finding that balance, like reacclimating to this hybrid world slash it's barely hybrid anymore, like yeah. back outside world. It's been really challenging. Um, and yeah. yeah, priorities is the name of the game. And um, I, I completely agree with that. And I'm here to support you in finding that. Like we can make our little lists and figure it out. Like what are the things that we're focusing on? Yeah. I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, we can talk about it, but I would love because, you know, it'll be four of us down in Jamaica. Uh, and I think that we're all sort of in this place because, you know, we're all women, you know, late, 30s, early 40s, like trying to figure out what life is going to look like for us. And I was talking to my mother today, actually, and I was telling her about, you know, a friend who's in their late 40s who doesn't doesn't have kids and has been married since young. And she's like, I wonder why she didn't want to have kids. And I was just like, because our generation had a choice, mom. Did you ever think that you had a choice not to have kids? And she's like, Actually, no. You were told to want it. Yeah, we are the pioneers of that. Like, our generation is the pioneers of, like, women really having a ton of choices on how to live our lives. And because there's no blueprint, we're kind of figuring it out as we go along. And I feel like all our friends are in that place right now. So I would love to do something while we're down in this beautiful location to, like, really honor that. Because I think that's what we need to just move forward. We're creating our own blueprint, which is exciting, but also frightening. I love that. I think that's really special because I honestly feel like even the women who are just like 10, 15, 20 years older than us, uh, like are in that sort of like, I had a kid and now I have to compromise everything. And, and there's beauty in that too. Like I have so many friends who have had children and obviously love their children, Yeah, but there's been compromise. I remember when all of my friends were like, go freeze your eggs. I'm freezing my eggs. I'm freezing my eggs. It's time to freeze your eggs. And I was like sitting in that, what does it feel like to live an uncompromised life? Is it a compromise for me now to freeze my eggs and feel the weight of needing to have children someday? Or is it a compromise in the future mm-hmm. to have not frozen my eggs and feel the weight of never getting to have kids? Yeah. And I was like, hmm. And but for me, I'm like, I'm very pro-adoption. So I was like, if I'm ever yeah. like, oh my God, I wish I had kids, I would just adopt. Like I'm yeah. I'm like, I I love, love, love the concept of adoption. I have friends who have adopted kids. Yeah. I see that adopted kids can um be very happy and et cetera, et cetera. So um I think I have a solution for that. And whereas like the even reading the paperwork about freezing eggs, I was like, no, thank you. No. <laughs> it's just like, I don't want to do this. 
Yeah, I went in and I went in and I did the exam and they counted how many eggs and they're like, damn, you I can still get that do far. it, bitch. You can still do it. No, I don't do want it. to. Why? And but I was why? Just like, I don't want to. I was just like, science is so amazing. But like, why is science doing this to us? But the thing is, is that, well, like what I actually thought it through, like injecting myself with hormones like going Ugh. through that mini surgery to like get the eggs extracted to freeze them and not fully know whether they're going to work or not, then sort of, uh, I don't want to be pregnant. Like I have no interest in that. So I would have no. to find a surrogate to like give birth to the baby. And I was just like, when you do that, all those extra steps, like I'm just kind of like, I I think that my heart is big enough that if I did want like like you to have a yeah. baby like I wake up at 45 and be like you know what I should have did have a baby I mm-hmm. would adopt I mean I would love to be one of those people who would you know yeah. you know how I am I'm bougie as fuck I'm gonna make sure that child has everything you so you first class <laughs> up in the sky <laughs> baby onesie baby, yes please you know what I'm your saying your life is fabulous <laughs> so that's what I'm saying so I feel like you know, they would have an au pair. They would be like trilingual. Like I would, <laughs> you know, so I would love to take a little black girl in particular uh, yeah. you know, out of a system and give that girl a life if that is yeah. what I choose later. Because, But it was a difficult decision. Um, and frankly, my parents are not invested one way or another. I mean, that's nice. My mom already has grandkids and is still like, Amy, I need them from you. And I'm like, yeah. girl. <laughs> I'm like, mama, 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 stop waiting. I mean, (laughs) it's so interesting because for most of my life, they've had so many opinions about what I should do or where I should go. And that like just there just came a certain point in like around my mid 20s that they were just like, all right, she's she's never going to listen to us. So now when I actually wanted their input, they were just like, I don't know, just do you always do you. So just continue to do that. (laughs) And I was just like, but help. Uh, And they're just kind of like, yeah, no, I don't know. If you want to do it, sure. I love that. I love that. They're just like, you got it, Grace. Because you do. Because you do, girl. Yeah. At the end of the day, it has to be my decision. So I, I think that. Yeah, we're just in a new territory and I just want to be a support system to anyone who wants to live their life outside of what society told us as women that we must be. And I just want us to just have a community and just lift each other up and support each other and whatever desire that is. And if you change your mind next month and say, I want to freeze my eggs, or if you change your mind and say, I want to have a baby, I want to support that too. So I feel like... Uh, that is my priority, just to honor the beautiful relationships I have in my life and to really look deep within and see what I really want because my career is what it is and, you know, I feel good about it. So, you know, that striving, that driving ambition, I still have it in many ways, but I feel like, okay, well, it's going to unfold. Like I have an agent, I have a manager, I have some credits, I'll be all right. So let's let's try to focus on the bigger picture. So that's what I'm going to bring into this new year. This was such a great convo. Yeah. If you enjoyed our story time segment, let us know and send us some questions you'd like us to answer. Yeah, let us know what stories you'd like to hear from us. 
So during last week's episode with Jordan Carlos, we debuted a new segment, The Wellness Shot, where our audience asked us to give them real-life advice to help solve real-life issues. Yeah, Jordan was awesome. I literally was like, should he be our third? Like, should he be our advice (laughs) specialist? Like, should he be doing this as a job? Is he is he a psychiatrist? His advice was so good. And since you guys already heard the segment with Jordan Carlos, now we're going to do one. We have a wellness shot today to close out this segment. So let's take a listen. Is there an antidote for feeling behind in life? My two best friends are in a serious relationship and I'm not. I'm still an assistant and I'm in my 30s. How do I deal with this feeling? Drag me. This is, I mean, this is a great question, but I'm going to be honest, like, I don't think that feeling ever goes away. Yeah. Like, it's something that I just, I used to always think, like, when you're starting out, and obviously I don't know what career or profession this person is in, but when you're starting out, there was, at least in entertainment, I was like, and one day I'll make it. I was like, I'll get staffed and then I'll make it. I'll become a showrunner and then I'll make it. I'll, like, you know, have a three-picture slate with Universal and I'll make it. And I'm like, there's no making it because there's always another hill. Yeah. And as you grow in your career, you become friends with people who are further along than you. Yeah. And so you keep getting reminded of how you haven't, quote unquote, made it. So I think part of the work is how to deal with that feeling and not let that feeling crush you because that feeling just means you're human, that you're wanting new things and that you feel behind. So for me, the wellness shop for this individual would be to celebrate yourself. Like, actually, I, I was watching on our friend Francesca Ramsey's Instagram that she has like a brag jar, I think she calls it, where she puts in little slips of paper of things she's proud of that she did I in used a day. to do that and I stopped doing that. Damn, this is I don't great. do no more either. Maybe we should do this well. Yeah, we shop. should do this too. Yeah, I hope the person who asked this like, we'll just write down little joys and things that they did that are not making them behind. Like, what are the things that make you either just like everyone else or the things that make you more special? Like, maybe you have a talent, a secret skill, a thing you do that none of your friends know how to do. Like, just make a list of those things and look back at them on those moments that you feel um, like you aren't thriving in the space that you are. That would be my wellness shot. Yeah, I think that's a brilliant one. And oh my God, what I would add to that is also create a vision board because I think that you you need to celebrate where you are and the blessings that you have, but you also need to create a vision for what you actually do want and to Mm -hmm. manifest things into your experience. And so I feel like whenever I feel like I'm behind, which is always, just like Amy said, (laughs) like even no matter like what you do, there's somebody that's doing slightly better than you. I I don't know who is doing the best. Like maybe the Obamas. I don't know. Maybe they don't ever think that. But I think for the rest of us, especially in entertainment, there's always just another level to get to. Uh, So I think Amy's definitely right. But I think creating a vision board also like helps you dream because sometimes people are just like, I'm behind, but they're not like specific about what they want. And once you create your Mm. vision board, think of small things that you can do to help you towards your vision. Because when I was an assistant, I won't lie, I so badly wanted to be a writer and I was depending on the production that I was on to help promote me, but they never did. And so I was just not writing, sitting there, hoping that at some point, like my bosses at my Mm. job would, would promote me to be a writer and that never happened. So once I created my vision board and I was just like, okay, I want to be a writer. What kind of show do I want? 
So I would put like, okay, this is specifically the kind of show that I wanted to write for. Um, and then I let me write a sample that corresponds to that. So once you have the vision, then you can make little steps yeah. towards that. And That's even real. in taking those steps, you feel better because you're just like, I'm not sitting here just wishing that things were different. If you want a serious relationship, are you on the apps? Do you need a matchmaker? Are you asking your friends to set you up? So mm -hmm. I feel like there are steps that you can take to at least make yourself feel active. And even if things aren't working out, at least you know that you're trying and you're taking steps towards something that you want. So I think that the combination of gratitude and having a vision for actually what you want and taking steps towards it will help you feel better. So I think that that's what you should do. Make a vision board. I love that. Gratitude plus vision equals success. Yes, I truly <laughs> believe that. Yeah. I hope that advice helped. And, you know, I hope that you achieve everything that you want in life. And even if you don't, I hope that you're able to be grateful for the things that you do have. So that was our wellness shot, guys. If you would like to get a wellness shot from us, leave us a voicemail at 833-684-3683. So to close this out, we're doing our creative tap-in, which is our segment about creativity. Amy, are you ready for this week's quote? I would love to have it. Creativity is intelligence having fun. And that's by Albert Einstein. I'll say it one more time. Creativity is intelligence having fun. That's Albert Einstein. Oh, I like that quote. It's short and sweet, Mr. Yeah. Einstein. But what I like is that um, I, even though I very often relate um, our quotes back to our careers writing, I think this applies to everything. And obviously it applies to science, which is Albert Einstein's life. He was intelligent and he was like, what happens if I do this? What happens if I do this? What happens? And I'm like, there's something so cool about thinking of using your brain, your book smarts, or your, even if it's not from a book, your street smarts, your savvy to be like, well, what happens when those questions start to pop up? Well, what would happen if it was this way instead? And you just follow that thread and get creative. Um, it actually lets you apply your learning. And I think so much of the American educational system was just literally for us to like go work in factories for the government for the rest of our lives. And Memorizing things. So <laughs> Yeah. memorizing shit and doing tasks repeatedly over and over. So I'm like, if we can at least have an access to our intelligence, all this shit that we learned and apply it in a creative way and say, let me have fun with this shit that I learned. That's how creative industries get born. That's how founders become a thing, how people create new jobs and products. And so I think there's something really cool about like those what if questions that come to you. That's your intelligence kind of sparking awake. And it's like, you can follow it and have fun. Or you can just be like, mm, let me go back to the factory. So I think no matter what job you're in, like it might be cool to be like, oh, when that what if it was this way comes up, maybe just follow that thread for a minute and see what happens. Have a little fun with your brain. Yeah. Have a what does it make you think, Grace? Brain. Well, it just makes me think that of how much people think that creativity has nothing to do with intelligence. Mm, wow. So they'll be like, you either can do it or you cannot. Or you're like, especially actors in particular, maybe actors, singers, performers in particular, they don't think, they don't know how much intelligence goes into 
but they do. I think that people are just like, actors just like kind of memorize lines and they're pretty people and you put a camera on them and they just do it, right? Like, no, like (laughs) a lot of them have studied, a lot of them have gone to school. A lot of them have a technique that they use. A lot of them mark up their Mm -hmm. scripts. A lot of them have intentions for every line. A lot of them, yes, it takes a great deal of talent too. And some of that is born. Some of that is created. Some of that is studied in. And so- yeah. I think that when you see creative people like musicians and actors, performers, you know, I think writers get some credit for being intelligent because it's like you put it in a computer. And so <laughs> people associate like intelligence with writing. But I just know so many brilliant performers. And I think that people think that less goes into it than does. Um, like actors mm. are can be really, really smart, smart people. Um, and the work that they do is complex and not only just complex intelligence wise, it's like a lot of pressure. Like they're the ones in front of yeah. the camera. Like I could write something for an actor and if people don't Walk like away. it, they'll like blame the actor. Blame the actor. Yeah, there's the one often. who said it. Like that definitely mm-hmm. happened on um our show a couple of times. So mm-hmm. I feel like uh I love this idea of tying creativity to intelligence. Also, people feel that way about fine artists sometimes, like painters and stuff. They're just like, they just have a thing and their brain is weird and so they can make art. Like, no, they probably studied. They probably math and art too. Yeah, learned about composition. They, Mm -hmm. you know... You know, it's a it's a beautiful journey to be an artist, and a lot of it has to do with intelligence. So um, what I love about this quote is that sometimes creativity and intelligence are not linked for people who are not within that particular creative discipline. But um, I love that Mr. Einstein says that creative people are also highly intelligent people. So that's what it makes me think. Cool. I love that. Thanks for listening to The Antidote. We hope this injected a little bit of joy into your week. I know it did mine. How about you, Amy? I feel good, girl. We should do this again sometime. Oh, wait, we'll be here next year? Oh my God, Ah! it's the end of the year. (laughs) We'll be here in 2023, y'all. And in the meantime, if you'd like to follow us on social, follow me, Grace, at Gracie Act. That's G-R-E-C-Y-A-C-T. And follow me, Amy, at Amy Aniobi. That's A-M-Y-A-N-I-O-B-I. And follow the show at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's. Follow the show into the new year, y'all. We're going to be back. If you like feeling good about yourself, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Goodbye. And keep having fun with your brain. The Antidote is hosted by us, Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. The show's production team includes senior producer Sierra Spragley-Ricks and associate producer Jess Panzetta. Our executive producer is Erica Kraus and our editor is Erica Janik. Sound mixing by Alex Simpson. Digital production by Miju Sayuni. Talent booking by Marion Ways. Our theme music was composed and produced by Titi the Artist and Cosmo the Truth. APM Studio Executives in Charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Shafford, and Joanne Griffith. Concept created by Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. Send us your antidotes at antidoteshow.org. And remember to follow us on social media at The Antidote Pod. The Antidote is a production of American Public Media. Happy New Year!